here we go. We're talking about Nevi'im with Os Ches. So, Perak Dalad, Os Ches. So, there are two distinctions that we have amongst amongst the Nevi'im. First of all, um, the the topic of their prophecy and the and the number two the actual the form of it I should say I guess um, which means uh, two types of um, prophecy that one can have one is just a something is revealed to a person um, now as we discussed before of course it has to be processed through the Kohadimian, right, in order to be able to grasp it in any way, shape, or form, you need to have some sort of, the prophet needs to have a vision, right, so that's a, a, a novi is called a roe, a seer, so yeah, he has a vision of it. Um, but that's it, he just, he has this, and again, it, it is immediately accompanied with the understanding, the interpretation of that vision as well, so he has, and that's it, so then, then he could try to do his best to explain it to whoever using his own language. That would be very his own explanation of a concept uh, that he himself understood with absolute clarity, and then he'll try to explain it. Uh, the other way is where he actually receives um, the actual wording, the actual verbiage of uh, prophecy. I mean, part of the prophecy is actual... Um, you know, is, is actually the the words that he's going to be saying. Yeah. So um, obviously, all the prophets that you know that we have, you know, the the, the, the prophets, uh, you know, the major prophets, the minor prophets, you know, Yeshayahu, Yirmiyahu, right? All of those, those, um, the language itself is a part of the prophecy, which is why it's uh, you know written down, right? So it's. Uh, and, and, and being that the language itself is prophecy, so then even the you know, every word, every letter is filled with truth. It means to say, if I'm just describing to you my own words, not current, a person had a prophecy yesterday, he had a prophecy, right? And he knows perfectly well what the concept was. And he tries to explain it to you. He says, listen, remember that one time you and I were, were you know, I'll give you an analogy. Remember we played baseball game, right? So whatever, that, that's all his own words. However you understand his words, you know, if you manage to get the point, he's trying to convey good. But the, the words themselves don't carry, you, know, you can't like start darshing his words, right? Oh, so he, you know, how come he used his actual word? Maybe because he was just being verbose, right? Uh, whereas, what? Okay, okay, he's looking at us. Whereas, if the... The prophecy actually came with the, the the wording as a part of the prophecy, so then it's uh, it's Torah, right? It's uh, this is uh, coming from Hashem, and therefore is holy, and therefore uh, you know uh, we can expound many different you know whatever you can you, you might be able to pull out many many different meanings out of it. 
I don't, I don't totally understand the difference between the two then, in terms of it being Torah, like because they're both from Hashem. Yeah. So let's say like this. Let's say in one case, okay, let's do like this. Um, we, we discussed last time the prophecy of Yonah. Right. Right, it's Yonah Novi. So he had a prophecy that Ninveh Nehefacha, Ninveh will be flipped over. Uh-huh. Right? So now that, that that was actual verb, that was actual words that he was given. Right. He was told to say the following words: Ninveh will be flipped around, flipped up, flipped upside down. Right, but he misunderstood. Okay? So yeah. now, now one Let's say theoretically it wasn't words. Let's say theoretically he had a vision of Ninveh being up turned upside down. He wasn't given any words, and um, he understood that this means because together with the vision with the prophecy is accompanied the interpretation of that prophecy, right? Okay. So he understood that it means Nineveh will be destroyed. That's all he got. Nineveh will be destroyed. Now, when he was going to deliver the prophecy, I don't know, maybe he'll say Nineveh will be destroyed, it'll be flattened like a pancake, it'll be burned to a crisp. He could use whatever languages he wants. I don't care about his languages. I care about the message, which the message that he received is Nineveh will be destroyed. Okay. Whereas... Um, if he got the actual the actual verbiage of Ninveh Nehafacha, so then that now he also received an interpretation with that. But um, those words are part are themselves prophecy, right? And therefore, um, now one can say, wait a second, but Nehafacha can also allude to them doing tshuva. Right. But he said he gets the interpretation for it. How do you misinterpret it? That, that was a question we, we dealt with last time. Right? Were you here? We discussed it? I was. It was okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a... That, that we, we spoke out that that was a little bit of a difficult thing. So if you if you go back and listen to it, then you still have issues, come back to me. But that, that was like a definitely a sticky point that the Ramchal was trying to help us to right, get around. Okay. But uh, but I'm not looking down to go to so, get so it. What I'm saying is, is so, so according to Ramchal, the way it really happened was, was Yonah got the Nubuah in specific words, but didn't get all the darshan. Right. He got he got an interpretation, but not all the interpretation. All the interpretation. Exactly. Where the, where the marshal you're giving now is where the other way around. He gets the image, and he doesn't have the doesn't word. get any words. Right. Right. But so he knows the concept. Right. Exactly. He he understands the concept. Right. So so then so then. Uh, so the difference is that if he just has an understanding of a destroyed city, that's all there is, just a destroyed city. If he actually gets words, then uh, there may be many other um, hidden meanings in those as well. Maybe he himself understood many of them. Yonah uh, happened to have not understood the, the deeper meaning, but let's say theoretically the Navi himself might himself have gotten three different interpretations to those words, right? As opposed to just one concept, that's okay. the difference. So do we do we have examples, uh, for instance, from Malachim or other, uh, anywhere else that, uh, of of maybe uh, I'm getting the the concept and not the words, right? Because all the all the the Tresar and the major prophets, right? Those are all verbatim. Right. So let's say theoretically, if 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 uh, if, if a prophet. I'm, I'm sure that, well, I, I'm not uh, uh, trying to think if it has to go, yeah, go and check, but let's say theoretically a prophet comes and says, um, you know, 
you should know there's going to be a. He doesn't say Komar Hashem. Thus saith Hashem. He doesn't say. He says, um, I had a prophecy, and you know whatever it is. Uh, next month there's going to be a drought, right? But he, he, he never says Komar Hashem. He's not saying that this is the word of Hashem. He's just saying, I'm telling you prophetically. I know that next now, next month there will be a drought, right? Because that's based on a vision, right? So. He, Exactly. Uh-huh. So you never, he was never given words, but he does have foreknowledge of what's going to happen. I see. So the prophet's not going to say this is the word of Hashem unless there's actual right. words from Hashem. Exactly. And so, and if the words are from Hashem, then those words are Torah. Like you know, the, the, those words um, have you know, endless depth to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the prophet just says, "Listen, I'm saying my own words. Right now. I'm not saying Komar Hashem." Right. Next month there's going to be a drought. Can't start coming and darshing next month. Why month and not in thirty days? And and uh, uh, why drought and not uh, you know just a lack of food, right? So the, all those things. That's not uh, okay. Fine. So that's the Rosh Kol is saying that that's outside of Tanakh. outside of that, that, that example we just that, gave. That, but that 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 example itself could theoretically be um, be recorded. You're saying the Tanakh being written written in the Tanakh is itself a certain. No, but let's say. But, um, Yeah, they had to come up with a good example. But historically it happened, it, but the more important thing is that the, the Gemara tells us that historically there was tens of thousands of prophets over the course from, you know, from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until, until the end, prophecy ended with, with Malachi, with, with the death of Ezra, right? So there was tens of thousands of prophets. So many of them gave prophecies that did not have particular words. Right, having words is important, especially if it's going to be written down for generations. Right, it's important that it should be given in very specific words, mm-hmm. right? Because then it's multipotent. It's uh, it can be speaking to that generation back then. It can still speak to our generation today, etc. Right, where so Tumin's point that, that the, even the visions are still in there. He, the, you, you know, Rabbi was saying that uh, if. Let's say theoretically in, in, in Malachim there was a story written down about a prophet who came and said, even though he never said Komar Hashem, but he did say, uh, I had a vision and I'm telling you next month there's going to be a drought, mm-hmm. so wouldn't that also be a certain level of prophecy? It would be a certain level of prophecy, I don't know if it would be the same as Komar Hashem, meaning he's pointing out that the entire Sefer Malachim is in, um, is located in. Nevim, mm-hmm. right? So it has some sort of a status of of nevuah, but not the same as if a navi actually says, you know, call Marsham. Yeah. Okay. So that's so that's the point. So the point is, it could just be an awareness of of something, verse, or it could be the actual wording itself. Okay. And like we said, that to be to be for Doros, to be for generations, it needs to be that the words themselves were given. 
in order to be a, a meaningful prophecy for future generations. Okay. Um, secondly, is in the is in the style of the delivery. I mean, even let's say we, do, we take two prophecies, um, both delivered with words called Mar Hashem, right? Prophecy of Yeshaya, prophecy of you know. Uh, uh, Yeheskel or, or, or Yirmir or whatever, right? So, um, so they're also they're gonna have a different feel to them, and that's we, we spoke out last time that really the prophecy works through the person's faculties, right? Just like the vision that each one of them will experience will be different, right? Because it's working through his koachadimian. Which is different than the Kohadimian Now it's absolutely true, but different, right? Uh, now uh, the 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 analogy that the Kadmonum give us is, you know, you, each uh, you know, you, each prophet, let's say, is like a different color colored glasses, right? So you could they're both watching a true movie or a true part of reality. But this one has blue color glasses, this one has yellow color glasses, right? So you're getting a certain angle on reality, right? Now Moshe Rabbeinu was Aspaklaria Hameira. His vision was through a perfectly clear lens, right? That there was no uh, color, there was none of him in it. Because he was none of Mikol Adam, there was nothing of him. Vanachnuma, what am I? Not nothing. So therefore, he didn't contribute at all to, towards the image. Every other Navi, to a certain extent, um, colored the image, which means he's only he's not getting the absolutely full picture. He's he's getting a part of the picture, right? If I'm the analogy is, you know, if I'm have if I have if I have blue colored glasses, I'm getting only certain wavelengths, I'm not getting all the wavelengths of the color of the light. That's in relation to their ego. Yeah, I mean, it could have to do more with you know, more than that, but. Uh, I thought the Ramchal. I thought I read the Ramchal that he was saying that the, the the words that are chosen for a particular prophet are matched to his personality. Right, but you, you're you're doing it you, the way that you just explained. It sounds like there's like a a word picker up there, and the word picker kind of takes a very close look at the prophet. And looks in his like word bank, and and chooses, and chooses the words that what? And chooses something that winds up as kolamar. Right, right. So, so, uh, so uh, I think that we've seen that the process of prophecy is, is more automated than that. Right? Is that being that the vision is being processed through the person, just like the vision is processed through the person. So, to the speech, so to speak, the wording is also processed through the person. Um, so then it automatically it uses his word bank and things like that to form the prophecy. But it's still Kalamar, right? Right. It's still, okay. Exactly. Which, which, which sounds like the same thing, right? Because you're... Similar to your... your Hashem to speak like you would speak. Right. With these words, like you would speak. Right. But instead of... Uh, you just instead, of, I think you, you know, the way that you were uh, describing it is a little bit of anthropomorphism, where there's like a little man up there who is like taking a look down at the person, and like taking a look at what needs to be said, and 
matching things up, and then like finally, like okay, I think I got it, and like sends the message. Whereas the the the, the, the way that we'd like to look at it is is more um, that the system that Hashem constructed for how prophecy is received and delivered is such that it naturally happens that way. Okay. Yeah. Based on the individual. Right. That's different. So then, so let's back up again to the vision. Back up to the vision. But in terms of how it's expressed, I understand the 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 dimian that that affects it. But in terms of how it's now, it's saying the same thing with the words. Same thing would be true with the words. Just like the vision he saw, even though determined, even though. Guided or it, it filters through the prism of his kohadimian, but, but the vision is like absolutely true, right? So too now instead of his kohadimian, now he just uses his word, his language center, right, in, in his brain. So the words themselves could be different based on the individual, right? But, it's but they'll the be totally true, yeah. right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. Maybe a British person or something. Right, like a very clear example is if one of them is giving a prophecy in one language, one in a different language, yeah. right? So then, right, or a different dialect of the same language, right? Chips instead of fries. Right. Yeah. Certainly, that would be that would be used. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but there are more stylistic differences too. Yeah, Hundred percent. Yeah, just Yossi uh, was picking something very concrete that we can we can grab onto. Yeah. Okay. So, and then finally is that um, some time, and this is something that we speak about often on Erev Shoshana with the Simana Havia Milsa, that a sign is something. Right, the Gemara says a sign is something. Um, so the Ramban says, yeah, um, this is a, this is the, you see throughout many of the Nevi'im, this is what the Ramban is saying over here, that part of the prophecy can be to do some sort of a physical action. The belt of Yirmiyahu, the yoke of Yirmiyahu, the, the, you know, the fleece that uh, Gidon put down on the ground, and all sorts of other Science. So what is the need for these physical signs? So the Ramban explains that basically um, there's a spiritual reality kind of hovering up there. And sometimes, um, in order for it to come down in a powerful way, it needs to have a physical representation, a physical, a physical vessel down here to be channeled into the channel through. Bris Benabas arm itself, right? Hashem told Avram Avinu, your children are going to have are going to have uh, Eretz Yisrael. How is it? Why is it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not, not, how do I know this is going to happen? He said, okay, here's what you do: take a bunch of animals, cut them into pieces, and and, and then I'll tell it to you again. And and then now it's a done deal. What what's the difference now that you cut up some animals? And now it's a done deal. So the answer is yeah, because now it has some grasp in reality. It has, that, that prophecy now has what to, sorry? Has some emotions, has something to grab onto and, and therefore it you know, like lands. Like it landed here, it's not, you know, it's not just something flying in the sky, it's, it's already uh, connected. So that's why 
Um, Genau. Ich würde sagen, dass das passiert, dann ist es schwierig oder es passiert nicht, dass ein Gazer wird reversiert. Das ist auch ein Grund, warum Moshe Rabbeinu jedes Mal, wenn er die Makas macht, nimmt den Staff, nimmt den Pitch, nimmt den Up, nimmt ein bisschen Wasser, all diese verschiedenen Dinge. Das ist, was Rumkhal hier sagt, that all those all those things are in order to facilitate certain uh, spiritual um, changes to transpire so if you're looking to do a miracle then for sure Because right, then you actually need it to fi- literally to physically materialize. Now a prophecy, you technically don't need that, but you but 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 it may but a prophecy may also be accompanied by that, in which case also kind of making it more uh, grounded that the prophecy is grounded. That's what that's why. <coughs> Thank you. Um, Through those actions, it arouses certain powers from the lofty powers to do certain things that may not have happened. So, seemingly, it's more uh, powerful prophecy, the prophecy kind of... Uh, Uh, gets more <laughs> connected down here. It causes changes uh, as opposed to just prophecy without that. Okay. Um, test. So, the, the Ramchal is about to get into um, False prophecy. Okay? So, as we mentioned before, a true prophet, which means a person who reached full prophecy and has gained absolute clarity of that prophecy, he now knows exactly what it means to connect. He has no doubts about his prophecy and he would always be able to tell the, the difference in that and anything other than that. So that's that's a true prophet, a prophet who's actually had full-blown prophecy, um, and therefore a prophet can never make a mistake in his prophecy. He can make a mistake outside of his prophecy, like like we spoke about last time. That as a person, right, so he could be tricked or whatever it is. But in his prophecy, he'll never make a mistake. Um, however, uh, in a kind of broader usage of the term prophet, it's applied to someone who. Um, has experienced a supernatural experience who has gained insights that are not knowable through any pathways of wisdom, right? That person could also technically be called a prophet, although he's not a true prophet. So now, that, um, for example, we discussed last time, right? Students of the prophets, people that are still kind of flickering on and off, they never really, they haven't like hit it yet, you know, like the analogy that we said is uh, 
No, I don't like. Once you start riding a bike, like you actually like get like you, you actually get on the bike and you actually like ride it. Like once you actually get out the hang of it, you know, like the first time you go for like a couple blocks, you know, like then you're kind of scared to stop because you're probably gonna fall over. But that's it. You know, you learn how to ride a bike. Like you you understand what it feels like to ride a bike, right? Until then. You think, oh yeah, I rode a bike because I, you know, it took me like two seconds until it fell over, right? It's not called riding a bike. It's all once you finally riding a bike, like oh, this is riding a bike, right? So, um, so as long as that hasn't happened, so then a person could could make a mistake, um, and that's like he said last time. That's why the bnei neviim would need to be guided. Supervised, advised by the actual prophet, by, by the uh, prophet in the true sense of the word, who understands what is prophecy, what is not. He understands a lot of the pitfalls that might, you know, that might lead to it. Um, so uh, that's what, that's what that's what he would be doing, helping those young prophets. Um, well, they're in that stage. They, it, it's true to them, them because they don't know anything. They, they don't, right? right. So, so they might be thinking that this is prophecy, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that that they're is that, that element that they don't know for sure. What? They're missing that element that they don't know it. For right. Sure. Right. They don't know it for sure, and that again, so that he will, he would help them flush that out, and then they, you know, and they would realize that it's not a true prophecy oh, so they themselves it would be very difficult for them to differentiate right. well because if you never right. knew the real one you might think oh yeah th- this feels like prophecy I mean I have this like unbelievable knowledge of something that I'm pretty sure is going to happen that, right, that makes sense. came from nowhere yeah, I think I might be a prophet so um, so that is um, so that, is that is that a, a long same spectrum as Ruach HaKodesh or is that sort of like a different category for these people it's like a different uh, track we're in a different track right now um, so and that brings us to Os Yud okay so um so the these false prophecies coming come from the kohos hatuma okay so there's uh, said zeluma zab asilokim everything I made he made a counterbalancing system so there is uh, all those spiritually impure forces over there and a person could potentially be getting things from there now um, there's one of two ways of doing that one is where he ends up there by accident right he meant to go to he, he was seeking Kedusha he was seeking to get true prophecy but took a wrong turn somewhere right without realizing it and so he would be having a false prophecy that would be we're going we're to see examples of that um Alternatively, is people might actually on purpose seek out these uh, in order 
to gain some of the, I guess, advantages of being a prophet, some of the power, um, ability to know things that are not knowable, to be able to do certain miraculous things. Um, and the Torah tells us explicitly, it's the first possible that they can do such things. Right? The Pasuk in Tvarim says, V'nosan alecha os omofis, uboha os omofis. If this fourth prophet, he gives you a sign, he gives you a proof, and it happens. Right? So that's clear that he does have... Um, uh, abilities um, and yet he's a false prophet and he should be killed right? we're talking about a person who then says to abandon the Torah or serve idols or whatever it is so that's uh, how do you, so how do, how do others differentiate how do other people differentiate how are we supposed to differentiate if he, if he, if he, yeah, if he tells you to go worship an idol Oh, so it's just basically, if he tells you to do something ridiculous, then that's it. Like, he's not going to tell, a false prophet's not going to have a uh, well-intentioned uh, prophecy to, like, try to help people in some way. Oh, so, so let's say, theoretically, if he did do such a thing, then we would have no way of, of knowing. Uh-huh. Yeah, but if he, if he tells us to abandon the Torah, he tells us to go worship idols... Then, then we know. Right. Now, but it's not always so straightforward, right? So this is put on five Jesus. Right. right, right. So prophet can do, and it's okay because X, Y, Z. So, so it depends. So if he's telling you a temper, a horror shot, just a, a one, a one, a one-time thing, like Eliyahu Navi and Har Carmel, telling them to bring a sacrifice on a mountain which is not Haramoria, right? So. And the Chumash says time and time again, you're not allowed to bring sacrifices except in the place Hashem will choose, right? So, and yet, Eliyahu Navi uh, did that. So, but that was, a, that was a one-time thing. So, a prophet is allowed to say that. If he says, listen, guys, from now on, we're wearing five-corner garments. The Torah has been updated or whatever it is. So, then you know to kill him. Okay, so... Um, Okay, so he says obviously a person could do could be this seeking this prophecy from Tuma for a variety of reasons. He might want to do it to for personal gain, to manipulate other people, to I don't know extort money from them or whatever it is. Or he might be doing it to get honor, to be thought of as a true prophet, right? Something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, and the obvious differences between these two um, is the first one is well intended, and therefore he actually thinks. He's having real prophecy. Uh, you know, he's misinformed. He's not well educated. He's not being guided by a rebbe, right? Which is a problem, um, as we learned last time. Probably a Balgaiva, right? He's being a prophet without having a rebbe, right? But uh, at least he's not trying to do anything malicious. Whereas the other second person is trying to do malicious, and that, that, that's, that's the difference between them. Okay, so that is Os Yud. Remember that say, like, why, then again, 
now for Osh Yud Aleph. So we're going to get into um, some examples here. Okay, last Os of the Perik, but it's a long one. So let's see what we can do. Vihine, mina derechazeh. So here's one example. Uh, the the prophets of Achav. Oh, I forgot to mention this. I apologize. This is an important point that I wanted to speak out. Yeah. yeah, so back in Oz Yud, so he said that the person who is well-intentioned but ends up taking a wrong turn, you know, on the highway over there, right, and ends up in the Kokos Atuma, so he said that that may happen to him either because of his, of lack of his uh, actions, which means... He's, uh, in general, not sufficiently righteous. Or alternatively, his efforts that he does towards the prophecy, which means he's not sufficiently trained in prophecy, right? So it's, it's a combination of the two, or potentially any one of them might suffice, that he is either A, not righteous enough, so then he's going to be snagged by the Kokos Atuma, or alternatively, he doesn't understand well enough the process, you know, how, how to avoid those things, how to how to do it right, etc. And so he'll end up in the wrong in the wrong direction. Okay, so so he, he's going to have a prophecy from the Kohen Satuma. Part of it, part of it will be false, right? 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 Yeah. Um, so what happened? So Achav was an evil king of Israel, right? Um, so he was. Uh, it was decreed that he should be killed in in battle in the remote Gilad. So Vayar Pitui Chazaki. Now he needed a to be enticed into that battle, right? That, that's that's how it was going to happen. He was going to be enticed into that battle to go fight, but he didn't want to go fight. He he was cautious. He understood he might get killed. So uh, so he needed to be kind of lured out into this battle to be killed over there, right? If my memory serves correctly, he was the uh, his wife was the evil. Isabel, right? Uh, the, the, the whole the whole story with the vineyard over there. So so um, so so how did how was this how did this happen? So it says that uh, he and the king of Yehuda Yehoshaphat, so they. Uh, wanted to know should they go out to battle or not so they said let's get a uh, let's seek out the word of God and see what the prophet tells us if we should go to war or not 
ahem שכול זה היה צפוי לפניו יזבורק ויני so Hashem did not allow him to receive a true prophecy. Hashem saw all this what was going to happen and this how he would die. Since the judgment had been already arrayed in front of the heavenly court, so there was up there, there was a, what? a debate. A debate. Uh, the, the prosecutors and the defenders. Um, so, so the point is, they, they, they summoned that he should be seduced into the battle. Uh, so, he, so basically, so he summoned a bunch of false prophets, and he, he didn't know them to be false prophets. He was trying to get a prophecy whether he should go to, to war or not. Now, false prophets, what do they do? Well, they are seeking Tuma. They, they're seeking these cocos of Tuma to gain certain insights into the future, etc., right through their false ways. Right? So they're attempting to That's what we said. We said there's two categories of false prophecy, right? One, both going through Kokosatuma. One is when a person is seeking real prophecy and, get, and thinks he's getting real prophecy, but really, uh, but, but really it's from the Kokosatuma. And the other one is when he actually seeks out the Kokosatuma. So these false prophets by him were actually, they were seeking Kokosatuma. Right, they were actually trying to go that that negative route. Right? Is it easier for them to do that, or is it just because they're they're yes. evil? They yeah, because you can't to do it to to get true prophecy. You have to be righteous, mm-hmm. and they're not righteous. We, besides which, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, probably easier in other ways as well. Okay, um, so Umarim Lo. But they were displaying themselves as if they're true prophets, that they are bringing down the divine light and telling him the real thing. But they were exerting themselves to get something. And they got it. They got this false prophecy. They got this rule, Hatuma. So, and it was done specifically in front of the eyes of Achav, so that he should believe it that this is a real prophecy. 
So they're taking, he sees them losing control of themselves. Let's say, yeah. Okay, something, right, something, right. something, something, something like that. Levitate, I don't know exactly what was happening, but somehow or another, it was pretty apparent that there was something going on over here. So this is what the Pesach says. I mean, the Pesach says they, they were actually prophesying. It doesn't say all the false prophets were just lying through their teeth. That's not what the Pesach says. The Pesach says that they were actually prophesying. Right? So that's what was happening. So what they were getting from this Tuma prophecy was uh, the following quote: "Go up, it will be successful. Hashem will give him over into your hand." Okay. Ela hayu hadvorim medaber So there was a particular spirit that basically what happened was this was a spirit that they, as I'll say this was a spirit which was um, really from. Um, the person that uh, that uh, Ahav had killed to get his vineyard, so he wanted to take revenge. So that's the one is the one that volunteered to go and trick him. So the point is, this this spirit was the one that was doing this and putting all this all this falsehood into their mouth. toim but they they were not mistaken. They were aware that they're having prophecy from Kohusatuma. And nonetheless, they were... They were aware that they're setting him up to be killed? They were not aware of that. Because oh, okay. remember, Kokos of Tuma, you, you, may, uh, you may be getting some truth in your prophecy. They, they, they do know things, right? There may be some falsehood with it, etc., but it's still you know, all the oracles and all that type of stuff, right? Some revelation. Yeah. I thought they did it because they wanted to set him up. They were trying to get him. No, 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 no. But the Ruach, that usually doesn't have an agenda, and usually maybe would give them some insights and some, and some quote-unquote prophet-like knowledge, right? But in this case, the Ruach was out to get him. So therefore, the Ruach was giving blatant, absolute black and white lies, right? But they were not mistaken. They know what they're seeking. They're seeking Tuma, right? Means to say, no, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a very good business to be a false prophet if every time you give a prophecy, it ended up coming out the opposite, right? Right, you're not going to make a lot of money that way, right? So usually they would be decently on point where they could still make a lot of money, right? Or have a lot of power or whatever it is, right? So in this case... They didn't realize there had been a judgment against him, and uh, therefore what they're getting is totally the opposite. So he was mistaken, he was seduced into going. So he did get a true prophecy. Who the, the true prophet told him that you're going to get killed, right? But he didn't believe him because he had all these other prophets that he thought that they were saying the truth. Now, 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 here's the where the story gets a little bit more complicated. One of these prophets amongst them, one of these false prophets, his name was Tzidkia ben Knana. 
So he did something really unusual. Hosif al Shar Nevimahim. He went and did more than what they did. Kiheim lo amru ella kifi shenim shechlehem me osoruch. They only said over whatever they got from that spirit. Uh, yeah, so whatever you go, you'll be successful. You're gonna beat him, right? Ach tzidkia hosif lasos kein masha you osin nevie haemas. He mistakenly thought that he actually struck gold and had a real prophecy. Okay? And so being that he thought that he had a real prophecy, therefore, uh, Ad... Therefore, he was um, transgressed and said, Well, he said those words intentionally because he uh, because he believed this to be a true prophecy. So the other prophet, they never said, Thus saith Hashem. They never said those words, right? But he, like literally, he went all out, right? Now, usually... Uh, false prophet wouldn't say that because he knows that really he's pulling the wool over the king's eye, right? But this Tzidkia, he was so convinced of the prophecy that he got, he actually thought it was a true prophecy. So here we see the two, here we see the two different forms of false prophecy. One, here the order is different, right? The, the first one that we're seeing is where they know they're tapping into Kochas Atumah, but they're pretending, they're, pad- they're peddling it as being true prophecy. So that was the first group. That was the first group. And then now, now Tzidkia ben Knana, he actually thought he was having true prophecy. Okay? So he says, Komar Hashem Be'ele, V'hine hu lo lumad bedarke anivim. I meet him. He, he was a dropout. Either a dropout, or maybe he took the course remotely or something like that. He, he used Zoom. He, he participated via Zoom. Yeah? It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. you got to actually come in. Yeah? So, he was not properly versed in how to decipher the different uh, types of prophecy. He said that which he didn't hear. Uh, means to say he said Komar Hashem. It's not true. He, that didn't. But he made a mistake. And the Chain Amru Ruach Navos Atitehu. So Navos, that was the uh, that was the man who killed for his vineyard. So that spirit of his caused him to make a mistake, uh, aired him, it caused him to err. Vamru od, ibi la lemidak. Iboi lay lemidak. We were pronouncing lemidak. It's lemidak, but we were pronouncing lemidak. So. Iboile is, 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 it was worth, 
You should have known because the, that this rule, right? That you, you don't have two prophets that say the same type of uh, prophecy. And yet here you have all these other prophets, all these false prophets, right? Who are all saying the same exact thing. Now, as we spoke before earlier, every person has his own lexicon. Style. Lexicon. Words. Yeah. So, uh, you put them together. Style. Okay, but don't, don't rob me of my... I just used a big word. Okay. I'm very proud of myself right now. Okay. That too is Greek. Okay. We're not yet back on We still have some time. Okay. Vine Be'emes, Karl Nevi Mahim, Be'osu Azman, Gilu Yoser Mima Shehayu, in truth, part of the reason why he aired was because there was a very great revelation. They weren't used to such a powerful revelation. That's why they were all so convinced. Um, there was also like a little bit of an unusual type of a revelation of Tuma. Therefore, the Tzidkiah made a mistake and thought he was having a true prophecy. I thought they knew that it was false. The first ones did. He got such a strong dose. He was like, uh, he flew up pretty high from this. He got a big burst of it. So he thought that this was actually Somehow he ended up getting a true prophecy. So what they, what thought. So what they experienced affected him. So he thought, wow, I was going for the counterfeit, but I struck gold. This is unbelievable. I actually just became a real prophet. This is all of them, right? No, just him. Which is their efforts. All of their efforts were to that, but the, but but he inclu- was included in that. But he made a mistake and thought he had a true prophecy.